This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone. I'm Bev Jones, and this is Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that can have an impact on your career. Annie Williams operates two physical therapy facilities in rural Virginia, and her places are special. Patients hang out there, and they have fun as they learn about health and well-being. They take classes, do exercise, and find themselves engaged in activities they never expected, like dancing. Today, Annie will talk about her career crisis as a young dancer and her current career passion to educate people as she helps them to address pain and disability, to facilitate wellness. Annie, I am so pleased to have you join me today. The, the, the very first time I met you and I, I heard you speak at a public meeting and I thought, now there is a woman who's, who's jazzed about her career. Often here on Jazzed About Work, we, we talk with people who have kind of invented their career and they've done it partly through pure passion um, and entrepreneurial spirit, kind of forging a path to um, to do something that really matters to them. And, and, and that's really how um, you struck me that very first time I heard you speak. And then since then, of course, I've had the opportunity to, to be a client at your physical therapy center in Rappahannock County, Virginia. And I, I've been so impressed by how you've created not, not just um, sort of client patient relationships, but you've created a gathering place and a place where people come to hang out. So that's been fun to to, to get to see. But I, I know um, your path has taken some twists and term, uh, turns. I, at the beginning, you thought your career was going to be as a dancer. Is that correct? Well, thank you very much for um, having me, Beverly. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, Yes, I, my young years, I was very interested in becoming a dancer and a gymnast, but actually I think my healing path um, began earlier in my life. Um, I was born um, the child of a, a minister, and my mother um, took me on a regular basis. She was our choir director, and she took me on a regular basis to um, a children's home that had disabled children. <clears throat> and... Um, my mother and I's job was to entertain those children um, through song and dance, which we did on a regular basis. Um, I was also surrounded by a lot of other handicapped people in my life. Um, namely, I have a, a, a mentally challenged uncle. And um, so I became very comfortable with disabled people. And so I really feel like my healing path began earlier. Actually, I was even doing physical therapy when I was three years old on a small child that had cerebral palsy. And my mother and I would visit his house three times a week to help him move. Um, so it's always kind of been part of my world since I was a little girl. So you've had a, a path that began at an unusually early age, but how did you get into dance then? Is Because it sounded like you started in one direction and, and then you took a sidestep. Well, I started in dance also at about the age of three or four years old at about the same time period. Um, I guess my, mo my mother gave me a book that was called Ballerina Bess. And so every day I re read that book, Ballerina Bess. And so I wanted to become a dancer 
even as soon as I could walk. And I often did performances for anybody who might come into our home. And so um, I was always passionate about dance because I was passionate about mu- music. So I think passion is um, is also it's part of your approach to life, that if you get interested in something, you, you go big, right? Oh, yes, I do. Um, I had, uh, my father was a great mentor for me, um, inspiration in terms of passion. He was the, um, the president of the Humane Society of the United States for 36 years, and he had a passion um, about that project that he began when he was 29. And watching him over the years, uh, I was, I was, began to believe that you could do whatever you wanted to do if you just put some effort and some passion into it. And so you went off to college then to study dance? I went off to college to study dance, yes, and um, had an injury that um, affected my left hip, and it was um, pretty soon affecting my ability to be able to dance. Um, And when I sought medical care and treatment for the hip, um, I was basically told by a doctor that I had barnacles on my ship and I might as well get used to it. And I wasn't satisfied with that answer. Um, And I wanted to find not only ways to help myself, but once I found those ways, I wanted to be able to share those findings with other people so that other people wouldn't have to give up what they were passionate about due to an injury. So physical therapy is um, is a common term which seems to have lots of uh, meanings in different places. I looked at your resume and I was overwhelmed by how many different kinds of therapy and healing paths you have studied. When, when you talk about physical therapy and, and your businesses, um, what what do you mean? What is the kind of the common uh, definition of physical therapy that you're using? I have tried to create a situation in which I do therapy that I have found helpful. There are lots of different kinds of physical therapy out there, everywhere from um, hippotherapy to exercise therapy to massage therapy, craniosacral therapy. The list goes on and on and on. And so as a provider, I've tried to choose therapies that I found um, intriguing. And then I only bring home what part of those therapies I can apply very quickly into my clinic. My clinics are very hands-on oriented physical therapy clinics. Um, We try to take a person and change their potential for movement before we ask them to try and move. Um, Many times I've been to therapy clinics where the clients are asked to do certain exercises, but they really don't have the potential to do them either without pain or correctly. So we get our hands in there and actually try to change the client's potential to move so that they can move more easily without pain, and, um, and then we add the exercise on later. My impression is that you very much have a team approach, too, that if uh, people come to your clinic, they'll work with a variety of people, and maybe they'll take an exercise class, and they'll do several different things. Oh, yes, I certainly encourage people that when um, we are finished getting um, them healed and feeling better, that they continue um, in an exercise path that will help them maintain what they've gained from us. 
Um, you know, exercise is really the key to longevity these days. And so I, I re- highly recommend, of course, to all of my clients to um, to join us in ballet classes or Pilates classes or TRX classes. We have spinning classes and functional strength and aquatics classes. And we try to offer a great variety of exercise for people because not everybody likes the same kind of thing. I personally believe that ballet is the best form of exercise there is in terms of uh, training motor pathways and muscles and flexibility and ability to be able to either move slowly or quickly and with coordination of many different limbs. Um, But ballet is not for everybody. So we offer a lot of other ideas too. I think of uh, ballet, and because I studied it as a little girl, so in my head, ballet is something that you do when you're pretty young, and if you're not particularly talented, you probably get off that path because the very serious students are kind of going beyond you. But you're, um, you have uh, people of all ages coming to your centers. Is it, do you have people of all ages in ballet class? Yes, that's right, Beverly. Uh, Come take a look sometime. You'll find that um, in my adult class, I'm one of the youngest um, people in the class at age 55. Um, My students go all the way to 78 or 79 years old. Oh, that sounds fun. Some of them have just started within the last five years. Some of them have started within the last two years. Some of them have started when they could barely stand on their feet because of different illnesses. And we nurture them a little bit at a time, and believe it or not, they're they're beginning to look like quite beautiful dancers, even at age seventy, seventy-five, or seventy-eight. Well, that's that's lovely. Yes, it's never too late to dance. In fact, I would say my motto has been in the last few years is to work less and dance more. Oh, I like that. Well, on the topic of work, um, clearly you have many credentials and you've created businesses that are beloved in in your community but um it's not easy to be an entrepreneur it's not easy to to not only have your healing path but have a um that entrepreneurial energy so that you can create a going concern out of what it is you love to do was it um how how did you pick up the skills to to turn your your passion into businesses? Well, I think I had good examples of that in my life as well, Beverly. My um, grandfather was quite an entrepreneur, and though I didn't get to know him until he was probably in his 80s, I was fascinated by the fact that he had um, been an entrepreneur both in construction, and he was a banker, and he was in the oil business. And um, I was surprised that he was able to retire at the age of 45 years old and he lived to 103 and still had money left when he was gone and I thought that was and thought that was very impressive and and so I wanted to be very much like him. That's a pretty good model to have. If you were um, talking to friends who are thinking about doing something entrepreneurial, what would your advice be for people who are just getting started on starting a business? Well, what I've found is that um, entrepreneurialism starts with a thought, but you can't just leave it at a thought. Um, You actually have to name your business and write it down. Once you've decided what it is you want to do, 
um, if you'll name that business and write it down, then all of a sudden the world seems to conspire to make these things happen for you. Your brain um, sifts out things that don't help you to get where you're going and it, and it filters in the things that do help you to get going. I also find talking about my ideas with a variety of people always opens many doors for me and um, leads me in different places that I might not have thought. Uh, so I'm always opening my mouth and I'm always talking about all my ideas and, and what I want to do. And I think that really helps. And having the courage to just take one day at a time, knowing that every day is going to be the best day. If I can just make one small step towards um, each idea that I have um, each day, then I seem to get somewhere after a while. Those are two um, two themes that I totally agree with in career planning, whether you have a job or you're trying to create a career. And, and that is first have an intent and then label it, call it something. So even if it's not a business name, even if you say, I'm going to be a coach or I'm going to be a dancer, whatever it is, as soon as you make a statement, it does change your filters in the way the world um, sees you. And then if you can do a little bit, a tiny little bit every day, uh, whether um, it's slow or fast, you find yourself making progress in ways you didn't even think about, right? It just kind of happens. Yes, it's wonderful and it's very exciting, too. I've just made one um, more step in my career, and um, I've been able to purchase the building my physical therapy is in, and that now allows me um, a larger space in which to create many ideas. Um, my ideas are focused right now on healing arts and adding art into healing, adding dance and music and perhaps photography or painting into my therapy practices um, because I think that that art has always been a therapy for people and they probably just don't know how much it will help them heal in, in the inner part of their body. That's a wonderful idea, and I, I don't know of any other facility that is incorporating art in the midst of exercise and physical therapy. Do you have some programs that you're already lining up, or are you just kind of thinking about it? Where does it stand? Well, I'm in um, the process of forming some, um, it's called Hazel River Healing Retreats, and it was actually um, formed from an idea that I had called um, Hazel River Farm, farm standing for a friendly alternative to rehabilitation medicine. Um, I've always, you know, worked in clinics, and when I came to this uh, county and where we're in the rural atmosphere, and my clients come in and tell me that they need to be able to get back on their tractor, well, I can't duplicate that very well in my therapy clinic. So I want to bring my therapy more to the outside world where people can experience um, actually doing things like gardening therapy or climbing onto tractors or doing um, animal-assisted healing. Um, so there's a lot of ideas that are spinning right now, and I have gra gathered quite a, a group of professionals that are trying to team up right now to start forming these Hazel River healing retreats where we can bring people out for a whole healing experience that will incorporate not only being outside, but um, 
things such as yoga and aquatic therapy, um, just being around animals and uh, doing some art, doing some self-portraits and uh, that kind of thing. In addition, I have been um, studying a new modality called TRE, which is trauma-releasing exercise developed by Dr. David Berselli. And he's been um, bringing TRE, trauma-releasing exercise, to many countries for about 60 years, 40 to 60 years. And um, it really gives the ability to be able to treat groups of people um, to help their bodies to release um, stored uh, stress and trauma without having to relive it through their cognitive part of their brain. So it's just another thing that we're kind of adding in so that we can treat the whole person and not just the body of the person. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. In a world where impact matters, the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University offers innovative solutions to challenges. It's ranked as the 39th most innovative public service school in the nation, and it's in the top 100 U.S. News and World Report Best Public Affairs Grad Schools. The Voinovich School is a catalyst for regional, state, and national impact in entrepreneurship, energy, and the environment. With 11 full-time faculty members and 60 professional staffers, the Voinovich School partners with nonprofit organizations, governments, and the private sector to solve problems. It's the home of the master's programs in public administration and environmental studies. Students engage in real-world learning and networking to bring their ideas to life. For more information, visit ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. Leading a group like this, being a community leader in, in, in your effort to create a healing space within um, rural communities, that has its own stresses. So I'm kind of wondering, um, what do you do when you find yourself um, uh, feeling stressed about um, your career path? Do you have moments that, that you become your own patient? Well, I do. Um, I think I. Uh, you might already know more about that than you think because um, I do use the trauma-releasing exercise for myself, which helps me very much to cope with stress on a daily basis. Um, I also take ballet three times a week or teach ballet a couple of times a week, and the ballet itself brings healing to my body. It's always been my way of releasing stress and coping with anxiety, fear, um, hurt, and all the other gamut of emotions that I've experienced, I've always been able to express and release that through dance. And so I continue to do that through dance, and uh, I I fight hard to keep myself in those classes. Um, And I enjoy riding horses. 
I have um, eight horses at home. And sometimes just going out and touching my horses and hugging my horses will bring about a great amount of stress relief for me. Horses are used sometimes in therapy with stress. I I think, wow, that's amazing to have eight horses that you can hug and to to, to um, connect with. Are, have you thought about using um, your horses or other horses as, as uh, therapy animals in the, the context of your healing work? Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, my sisters, um, my younger sisters and older sisters were actually um, some of the first proponents of um, pet-assisted therapies um, as we were growing up in the world of the Humane Society of the United States. Um, And so it's always been an interest of mine to add the horse healing into it. Um, It's going to take me a few more classes, um, and I will be ready to bring my horses into that arena. Wow, that sounds really exciting. Is that one of the reasons you decided to move to these rural communities? I think you have businesses in two communities, but I think of you as being in Rappahannock County. Is it because of your horses and and working with animals outdoors? Was that part of why you located there? That's a big part of why I located here. Um, I was looking for a place to have horses, and when I came to Rappahannock County, I was struck by the fact that Rappahannock County looked very much to me like Switzerland or Austria, the setting of um, the book Heidi. And I had always been fascinated by the the story of Heidi and how she was able to heal her friend by bringing her to the mountain air and allowing her to be outside in an environment very much like the one we live in now. And so when I actually drove down the road on which we now live, F.T. Valley Road, I said to my husband, look, it looks like Switzerland. Let's move here. And that's how I got here. Oh, that's a lovely image. But it, And I love Rappahannock County as well, but it's not so easy to create um, a business in a rural area. Uh, there's uh, There are communication problems. A lot of people don't have cell, and um, there are not very many people. How do you, uh, if you do, you have any advice for people who are interested in in creating a business in a rural area? Well, interestingly, when I was opening um, my first business, my sister questioned me as to why would I open a business in kind of such a uh, unpopulated area, and I think the answer to for me to that question is that. This is the type of area that needed my services the most. Um, And so I don't tend to think about numbers um, in terms of how many people I bring in because I will bring in the same person um, in their lifetime, maybe four or five times for different injuries. Um, then they will bring often bring in their family members to me. Sometimes I'm working on a whole family at once, once the word gets around um, of some of the healing capacities that we have. Um, mostly I have not advertised my business very much, and I'm just actually getting up to speed with um, doing some um, advertising on internet and things like that. But word of mouth has always been the key to my business. 
And um, having a patient that walks away very satisfied is a patient that will return for either a different injury or they will recommend me to somebody else. And in these rural communities, word of mouth spreads very quickly. Well, for those folks who might want to look you up online, I'll just mention the name so that people can, can find your website. It's Mountainside Physical Therapy and Dance Center. Is that correct? That's correct, and we're just working on um, upgrading that right now. So, if they visit us now and they visit us in a, a, a few different a few weeks, they may find a, a a different setup. But we are updating that right as we speak. Wonderful. Now, I just have one final question for you. And and thinking about careers in healthcare, it 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 feels to me that. There are so many opportunities, particularly with an older population, for uh, creating a career in healthcare. There are going to be modalities that haven't even been invented yet. And there are so many different kinds of um, community opportunities that are emerging or being invented like, like you're doing. Do you have any advice for either young people who are starting out or people who are mid-career and want to do something different but would like to have a, a career in physical therapy or similar field, a, a career in healthcare. Um, yeah, I would highly recommend anybody just starting in the um, college arena to get an undergraduate in um, pre-med. That will open up many, many doors and they can take many, many avenues from that pre-med degree. Um, if you're get just getting into healthcare, there's many careers that take a, a shorter um, career path, um, such as physical therapist assistant or nurse's aide or physician's assistant. It's kind of a shorter career path, and yet you'll get to um, impact your patients greatly as anyone would who is a surgeon. I think that's a wonderful point, that part of the um, sense of achievement and the joy that comes from a career in healthcare is that interaction with the patient, and you can connect with the patient in lots of different ways. That's, that's correct, and um, oftentimes I've been glad that I chose the physical therapy uh, career path because I get to spend many hours with my patients, not just many minutes, and I get to watch them transition um, often from a, a point of depression and debilitation back to a full and rounded life, and that is a very gratifying career for me. Well, I, my final comment will be that I talked to some of your clients and patients, and I think that um, there are many folks out there who are, who are grateful for the changes you've made in their life. Annie, thanks so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much, Beverly, and I'm grateful that you brought this word out there to people and included me in it, and um, I'm just always grateful for every day to be able to give to my patients, um, and I hope that my joy and happiness and my jazz about work comes through to them every day. Today we've been talking with Annie Williams, a gifted healer, a dance teacher, a team builder, and a person who's passionate about teaching her rural community about how to promote wellness. Today's tip is that you can't be your most productive on the job if you don't make it a high priority to take care of your own well-being, the quality of your work, 
and of your relationships is greatly influenced by how you manage your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Thank you.